The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Shall we pray together? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, our strength and our salvation, our judge and our hope. Amen. Peace be with you. Say that to somebody. Say peace be with you to somebody near you. Say it. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Say it again and, and, and say it. Put your whole self into it. I mean, every fiber of your being. Say peace be with you one more time. Peace be with you. The disciples were behind shut and locked doors because they were scared for their lives. It wasn't that they heard a bump in the night and they wondered what that might be in their house. It was that they were frightened for their very existence. And so they gathered and they shut and locked the doors. And the risen Christ appeared behind those locked doors. Didn't have a key because he didn't need a key. And the first words that he spoke to them were these, peace be with you. If, if, if you want to talk about lives being turned upside down and everything that, that seemed to be known and understood, almost guaranteed being turned upside down and not being able to count on anything anymore, look at the disciples last week. The one they followed came into town in a big parade and encountered money changers in the temple and fashioned a cord of whips and threw them out. It's always funny to me to note that story because you figure where there are money changers, there are folks protecting those who exchange the money. <laughs> and they all tuck tail and run. <laughs> and Jesus taught like he had always taught, but in a concentrated format, he spoke truth to the people of faith. And it got to be too much for folks. And by the end of the week, after they had celebrated Passover, he was arrested on trumped-up charges. He was taken before two different places of authority, three actually, and then he was whipped and beaten within inches of his life and then crucified, dead and buried. But we know the rest of the story. On the third day, 
he was raised from the dead. Now, as we heard last week in in Luke's account of the gospel, the, the women were there early in the morning and they came back and told the disciples what they had encountered. And, and the disciples, the, the, Luke wrote down, it said, it seemed to them like an idle tale. <laughs> Holly might say, isn't that just like men? <laughs> She's not here to defend herself, so it's okay. I can say that. I'm sure you'll tell her that I said that. And <laughs> I'll be in trouble. And then that evening, in the upper room, Christ's first words to a people in turmoil and chaos were, peace be with you. It says then that he showed him his hands and his side, and they saw and rejoiced. As we have said, peace be with you to each other, look at each other and look for in each other's lives the presence of the risen and living Christ so that we too might in each other see and rejoice in the presence of God in our midst. Having seen and rejoiced, Jesus said it again, peace be with you. When, 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 whenever, whenever there's a repetition of words in Scripture, it's important for us to pay attention to those words. The writers of Scripture don't, don't, don't put repetitions in there just for fun. It, it's to get our attention. It's, it's since moving to Beaumont that, 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 that I've encountered more people that first words out of our mouths as we greet each other are peace or shalom. There's a handful of folks here. First thing they say to me when they see me, peace be with you. And, and right back, Adam, peace be with you. I believe and I'm coming to believe more and more in our society that these may be the most crucial words that we can share with one another on a regular basis. And I, 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 don't, I don't know about you, but I know that as they continually come out of my mouth, they, they take up a greater place and make a, a bigger home in my heart. Because I can't say peace be with you out of a place of chaos and turmoil in my own life. I have to allow that peace of Christ to grow more deeply within me in order to be able to authentically say peace be to you. Then Jesus said, As the Father sent me, I send you. And it's important, it's important to look at the grammar of this this phrase, I send you. The conjugation of the verb in the Greek implies continued action. Saying, not just I send you, but I am 
sending you. I am always sending you. We are a sent people. I mean, some of you have chosen to be here for a long, long time. And every time you show up, you're sent here by God. It's easy for me to understand what it means to be sent because the bishop, through the superintendent, calls up and says, hey, you're going to Beaumont. I said, we're going to pass a good time at Beaumont. Mine as well. But each and every one of us, everywhere we go, if we think about it, are sent to be where we are. Because this is true. Jesus says, as the Father sent me, so I am always sending you. Then Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Again, the conjugation implies continued action. Always receive. Be receptive to the Holy Spirit always. (laughs) The only thing I can even begin to think about there is because we're always going to need it. I haven't lived a moment of my life since coming to faith that I didn't think that I didn't, well, maybe I've tried, but I didn't live well. We always need to be receptive to the Spirit's presence in our life. We always need to be open and receiving. We sang, melt me, mold me, fill me, Use me. We can't be filled if we're like this. (laughs) Sometimes the visuals hit me like that. Always be receiving. And then Jesus comes to what may be the heart of this for us. Living in peace and receiving the Spirit. He says, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. It is interesting grammatically for me to note that that all of these verbs are conjugated with continued action in mind. If you are forgiving or unforgiving, you will likely find life to be that way. And, and the forgive there means to cease, to stop, to drop it, to let it go, to put it behind you. And the retain means to keep in a state of guilt. To keep. To carry. A state of guilt. Continuously. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know about, about you, but, but the weight of life and the weighty matters of life are more than enough to carry without also adding guilt. You see, when, when Jesus was on the cross, he, he said this word in the Greek, telestoi. It means it is finished. It's a banking term. It is finished. The debt is paid. 
Nothing more is owed. The note is burned and the property is freed from debt and indebtedness. Our lives, our hearts, our minds, our souls are that which has been freed through Christ's life, death, and resurrection. And the only way that we carry guilt, ours or anybody else, is if we choose to carry it or if we refuse to let it go. The mission of peace, the mission of peace is to restore relationships. The reason that we say peace be with you and also with you is to restore our relationships. When Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, in, 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 in the second record of, of, of those correspondences, in, in chapter 5, it, it says this, all this is from God. The work of Jesus Christ in His life, death, and resurrection is all from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So if, if we're going to be about this business of saying peace be with you, we must also naturally and inherently be about the business of reconciliation. Of leading people to faith in Christ and of restoring relationships among people. How do we do that? Well, it's the most difficult and the most rewarding work in which we will ever be engaged. Restoring relationships is the most difficult and the most rewarding work in which we will ever be engaged. A couple of weeks ago, we started thanks journals in our Love Beaumont journal. I wrote thanks in big all-cap letters on the front just to be sure that I could see it. I'm a, I'm a couple days behind. I'll confess that to you. But, but I wonder, I wonder if, if in my thanks journal, we're supposed to write down three on each day. Three people, three events, three things, three, three somethings for which we're thankful in order to cultivate an attitude of gratitude within us. I wonder where there are struggles in relationships for myself. If I can't find something to be thankful for with someone with whom I have struggle, can, can, can I write down that person's name and can I then write something for which I'm thankful about that person? And, 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 and my belief is, what I believe is, is, is that planting that seed in this journal 
will begin to grow and nourish a deeper attitude of gratitude for all my people, all my brothers and sisters in Christ. I, I, I don't have many of those things, but, but I've got a couple. I wonder if in, in, in creating that attitude of gratitude for those with whom I struggle, it might be the first step or, or, or the next step in cultivating that restoration of relationship. You see, you see this, this peace that, that, that is within us comes from Christ, and it's because of Christ's work that we are in restored relationship with God. Hmm, maybe, maybe one of the other two items ought to be me. I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but, but I'll tell you, I don't know if you know this about me yet, I'm, I'm not perfect. <laughs> the choir laughs, they've heard me sing. <laughs> and I make mistakes. And sometimes things come outside of my mouth that should have stopped at my brain. And I carry that sometimes for a long time. And maybe, maybe one of the folks I need to be in restored relationship is myself. Because that forgiveness that, that we so boldly proclaim in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. We say that and hear that for each other and with each other and to each other. That's also for each of us. So maybe, maybe I write down the name of somebody else in, in my thanks journal, and then maybe I write down my own name. I was talking with someone before worship about, about, about children and, and their children, and I noted that their children might be stubborn. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about stubborn children. I am one. <laughs> and and, and um, sometimes that stubbornness becomes strength of will, becomes fortitude to carry on, becomes courage to persevere, becomes strength to never give up. So, so stubbornness isn't always bad. I'll ask Holly and see if she'll let me put stubbornness down next to my name as a thing to be thankful for. <laughs> Before I do it. One of the very best things my mom ever taught me was this prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. What I am learning by praying this prayer is that the only person I can change on all of God's green earth is me. That's the only place I have either control or responsibility and 
And I'm learning that the more this serenity grows within me, at my allowance, not because of my work, but at my allowance of Christ to grow that within me, all of my relationships are impacted. Every single one of them. My relationship with myself, my relationship with God, my relationship with everybody is impacted positively by allowing peace to grow more deeply within me. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time. You know, sometimes people would describe opportunities as once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. In my career, there was a 12-month period where four of those came and went. And we stayed where we were. And what I'm learning from that is that this moment right now that we have together will only happen in this moment. And so each and every breath, each and every moment of each and every day is in fact the most important once-in-a-lifetime moment. What will we say to each other in this moment that we have? Accepting hardship as a pathway to peace and taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is not as I would have it. Relationships, I mentioned, and the restoring of relationships are the most difficult and the most rewarding work that we will ever be a part of. And it takes all of us working together to bring greater peace within the gathered body of Jesus Christ so that we might bring greater peace to the city we love with the heart of Christ. Anybody think Beaumont could use some more peacefulness? Any of us out there willing to engage in that effort to bring greater peacefulness to Beaumont. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. That yielding, that surrendering, that relinquishing is what John Wesley called earnestly striving after being perfected in love so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. The only note I have there is a note to self. That reasonably happy in this life is good. And supremely happy is likely reserved for eternity. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, I say to you the words of the living and risen Christ, peace be with you. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.